Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Cafecito con Estrellita. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hola mi gente, welcome back to Cafecito con Estrellita. I hope you're doing well this week. Ay mi gente, so we're definitely on the... You know, there's a couple of us that have already started the semester, and there's a couple of us, including myself, that start the semester next week. So whatever that looks like for you, whether you're taking a full load of full load of courses, a part-time load of courses, etc., go ahead and just share with us. I, I always like to know how we're all doing with that kind of stuff because I get it. It can feel so stressful starting a new semester, the schedule being so different and having to navigate that schedule alongside of your work schedule, your research schedule is definitely a lot. Now, um, as I mentioned with all of you before, I recently had my orientation with my advisor. Yes, I know, right? It's so crazy because I was sharing um, about a few days ago with a couple of my friends that the first two semesters of my program, I was really just checking in with with like, you know, my peers when we had projects or things like that. And I had a mentor and I check in with professors and just things like that. But the moment I start field work, it's like I have an advisor, I have a cooperating teacher, and I have a cohort instructor. It's It was a lot at once. And I, like I said, I met with my advisor not so long ago. We went over everything that is expected of me with field work. And let me just say, I'm very, very grateful that my cooperating teacher, um, let's just say we vibe really, really well. And I couldn't be more grateful because I'm not going to lie. Well, I was hearing everything that I had to get done and what was expected of me this semester. Like I could just feel my heart pounding. A part of me wanted to get up from my orientation, like in the middle of it and like run away. <laughs> But obviously I, I I didn't do that and it helped it really did help that my orientation was held over Zoom, you know? But I had to be like with my cooperating teacher, my CT in person, and then my advisor was just with us through Zoom. But okay. In regards to all that, I just, you know, want to make sure you're good. I want to make sure I'm also good and I really missed all of you, you know? And I'm really happy like I'm really really happy that I'm in this position right now where I feel good to still continue coming back as weekly as possible with the podcast episodes because that's always my favorite thing. One of my favorite things to look forward to, like no matter what time it is during the day, is just sitting down by myself, talking into the microphone and just like, you know, envisioning that I see all of you while I'm doing it. You know what I'm saying, Miente? But then again, I'm probably, I'm probably just the weirdo in itself. <laughs> Now, another thing I wanted to share with all of you, Miente, is like, okay, so before I actually started recording this episode, um, I was kind of having like, I don't want to say an anxiety attack because it didn't feel to that extent, but I definitely was stressing because unfortunately, an unexpected like bill that I was not expecting at all came from my university. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because as I've been continuing on with my program, I kept getting like 
pretty much my tuition covered with like FAFSA and grants through FAFSA, but with like me almost being done with the credential part of my program and da-da-da, like basically I was, my my grants for this semester was cut more in half or FAFSA, whatever, yeah. And well, I just kind of came back from vacation and don't worry, I was able to like, you know, pay it and take care of it even though, you know, it did a little bit of damage into my account, but it was just very stressful where like I kept, I called my mom on FaceTime and I kind of just kept her on the phone with me and I could see she just wanted to like hug me because I mean, I wasn't crying, but I was just like, uh, there was a part of me that started to feel like, ay Estrella, why did you go on vacation? If you didn't go on vacation, then maybe your bank account wouldn't have been hurting so bad after having to pay this unexpected tuition bill out of pocket like and then I was thinking maybe I should return my birthday purse because I bought myself a birthday purse a red Kate Spade bag and it's very very rare that I do purchases like that because well you know it's just like when you're when you're in graduate school um you're not rich (laughs) and I just had all these negative thoughts going in and then my mom she was calmly like Estrella like it's it's fine, like, da, da, da. like she was just very soothing, very calming. Even when, to the point when I asked her, Mom, do you think I should return my birthday bag? Maybe it wasn't that worth it. And she just looked at me, she's like, Estrella, why would you return something that you like? No, just like, it's going to be fine, da, da, da. And I know she's right. I mean, that's why, like, I do, as I share with all of you, I do work my two jobs to be able to afford the way that I'm living right now because I just... I don't know if I'm going to take out loans for my PhD. I mean, I really don't want to. That's why I'm really working my butt off right now with earning this credential and then my master's to like, you know, make me more competitive for fully funded programs because it's just like, like, I just, you know what I'm saying, mi gente? Because one of, I can understand one of the most discouraging things in regards to pursuing a graduate degree is the potential to take out huge loans. Now, don't get me wrong. If there's like, if a loan has to be taken out, but it's not going to like horribly cost you, like, I don't know, like your future and stuff, then I get it. But it's just like, if for me personally, if I'm able to still just like push myself to like work and then also not going to lie, like my credential and master's and teacher ed, they do require me to be working at a school site. It's kind of like, well, I'm already working. Might as well just like pick up the other job and do this, that, you know, maybe if I was in a different type of program right now, I'd probably be more open to like, okay, let me just kind of take out like this small, you know what I mean? And again, I'm not going to lie to any of you. If there comes a point where I'm like, no, let me go ahead and take out the loan because I just mentally and physically can't do it anymore, I'll do it. But in the meantime, if I can kind of push back because, again, there might be a chance that I have to take out some loans for PhD, I'll do that, you know? So it's kind of just like, and the reason why I I am being very vulnerable with this in regards to like my personal situation is because like I want to reassure all of you that it's just like, no matter what decision you make or don't make in regards to like financing your higher ed journey or like, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you know the way you're choosing to finance it right now will work for you, that's all that matters, you know, because it's just like, for example, I have a really 
good, good friend. And she's, she's amazing. Oh my gosh. So when she was pursuing her higher ed journey, she had taken out, she took out loan and whatnot. Right. And then it's just like, as soon as she graduated, and even though she still had her loan money, she just like pushed herself and was able to pay it back. And like, because let's see, I believe it was like in two years, but she really, really hustled. So it's kind of just like everyone's situation is different. And it's just like, I also understand that like the loan, the money, the money topic and stuff can be a little taboo, but I just hope that like, you know, I can help you feel a little, because I'm telling you, Mijente, like about an hour or two ago, I just, oh my gosh, I was kind of like, what? And don't worry, there's no right or wrong way in financing your journey. It's just like, if you can apply to grants, if you can apply to scholarships, if you can consider having a little, you know, a little side job or whatever to have that income come in, or if you get the loan, just make sure that like, as you come closer to finishing your degree, you you figure out, okay, how can I pay this the best way possible so that it works out for me and for fu- for me right now and future me like later on? Does that make sense? And I'm not a financial advisor. I'm like, you know what I mean? But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like these conversations aren't really talked enough about and I get it. Trust me, I really, really do. And I just, I want to reassure you that like, I know you know what you're doing and you are worth the investment. You know what I'm saying? You are worth the investment and with a, in whichever way you choose to like, you know, finance your educational journey. Okay. You got this. All right, me and then now we're going to move on to a topic that I've been meaning to talk to with all of you for a while. And that is academic trauma. Now, if you are, if if you do, you know, engage in on Instagram where I'm, I think that that is actually, that is the most active social media platform that I'm on in considering like Twitter, TikTok, here on the podcast. Yes. Instagram, Instagram, Instagram. Now, um, a few weeks back, few, few, actually months back, I had brought up and I was being so real when I said this because I was just, I was in a very dark hole in regards to like, feel like believing in myself with like teacher exams. <laughs> and I started to get flashbacks about like, you know, academic trauma and stuff. And I had, when I was feeling this way a few months ago, I I wrote it down on, on Twitter and I was just like, I felt my academic trauma make me feel emotionally paralyzed and I didn't know how else to describe it. And when I tell you, Mianta, like I was so nervous to post it on Instagram, like my heart was just like, it was pounding, was pounding. It almost felt like it was going to come out of my chest because there was a part of me that was just like, okay, it, do, do I sound crazy? Is Do people even care about this? Does anyone even? But then like I quickly just like stopped myself like, no, Estrella, like, there at least has to be one person that can relate to this. And even if this post, like, you know, takes the L, that's the term, right? I don't know. I'm kind of old, but takes the L, doesn't do as well. Just, just post it. It's fine. Worst case scenario, you can delete it, but like, don't do that either because it's just like, again, like, you don't know who that's going to like impact. And when I tell you, oh my goodness, mi gente. I did not expect to get the flow of responses that I did with so many of you relating or like 
really empathizing with it, you know? And then, um, hold on, let me pull out my phone. So if you hear like, not like banging, but you know what I mean? If you hear sounds, that's what I'm doing. But anyway, so um, as I saw that, many of us were just like, no, I get it. I get it. I really just, I kept, you know, researching and I found this blog and I'm going to post it in the link, like the link of the blog in my bio. And it perfectly, it perfectly shares and describes the definition of academic trauma that I didn't even know I could like. I don't even think I could be able to put it myself. But okay, academic trauma refers to the ways in which students of color are taught to internalize their own pain, not as a sign of dehumanizing systems, but as a sign of personal deficiency. Students of color are gaslighted into believing that institutions are acting correctly and it is the student of colors who are too combative, too hard to please, too resistant, and ultimately not cut out for academia. And this, what I just read to you right now, it's on mystudentvoices.com. It is it is a really well-written blog and the whole concept was really highlighted because it was part of the whisper campaign. At least that's what like the blog um, has stated, right? But again, I'll go ahead and put in the link below. And once again, just like I typically, typically always do, I'm really going to share my experience with this to see if like any anyone could relate to this or feel reassur- reassurance or just learn something new. So the first time I genuinely experienced academic trauma, even though I didn't even know what it was, was well... As I've shared in the past, I started off in community college. And I don't want to lie to you and say that I was like a 4.0 student, but I had pretty good grades and I was working on research with my undergrad professors in psychology. And I presented at different research conferences in WPA, APA, etc. And, you know, I, I, I had a good time those three years and I, I felt good and I felt confident and I felt like I was making my loved ones proud when I got into my top UC, right? So transferred over and it's such a different ball game, not only just going from semester into quarter system, but going from a semester system to a quarter system at an institution where you don't you don't see many that look like you because it's predominantly Caucasian, white, etc. You know, minority students, it's kind of just like when I saw them, I'm like, on my SP campus, I was just like, oh, hey, you know what I'm saying? And then even then, it's just like the minority students, they're super, super busy doing their thing, hustling, just making it happen. So it's kind of like we feel very, very like apart in comparison to our other peers that aren't first gender minority. And they're living a different university lifestyle that we probably only really seen highlighted in movies and shows. And I'm not going to say there's a right or wrong way on how to do undergrad, but what I'm saying is just like, there's definitely two different worlds that happen on the same campus. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? But anyways, in regards to all that, the courses that I was taking for my undergrad major at the time, um, they were all like, you only do two exams, like your, your midterm and your final, 
and then that's your final grade. And when you come to class, you don't get points. There's no like extra credit, you know, those stuff. And I remember when that that was my case, I was just like, oh, okay, um, I'll just make sure to like study really, really hard, like all the time, just make my life only about like studying and don't even engage in any research for my first quarter because I, I want to make sure I do super good. Like that was going through my head because I'm not going to lie, at the time I knew that I just, I wasn't the strongest test taker. Now I am and I feel like my teacher exams really helped me prep for that, but um, needless to say, I just, I wasn't, but I, I was, I was willing to learn and I was eager and I just wanted to make me proud while making my loved ones proud. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? So that's what I did. I literally, and anyone that knew me during that time that I'm actually still friends with too, um, you can go ahead and ask them. They always just saw me doing some type of schoolwork, some type of studying, doing flat, all these things, right? And I would... My gosh. So then um, when it would, when midterms came, right, I felt like, okay, I, I would do all my readings. I would study like, you know, on top of working. Cause that's one thing too, though. My first quarter, like, even though I was at this like nice big school right away, I knew I had to find a job and that's what I did. I worked maintenance at the gym, at the basketball gym. So I made sure to do that. Right. And <laughs> I mean, and when I tell you after I took my midterms, I was like, I felt like, oh, I think I did good. I think I did good. And it was all multiple choice, right? Ay, mi gente. When I got back my exam scores, because they would come back really quick, all I saw were just Fs. And I didn't understand why at the time. All I knew was that as soon as I saw that, I was like, I only have one more exam to at least get me Cs this quarter. I just need to, like, study more. I just, like you know, and I need to go to office hours. Da, 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 da. And so that's what I was doing. I'd be going, I, I excelled it where it's just like every week I was going to office hours and I was also just like, again, still studying, working, etc. And then when the, when finals finally came for that first quarter, guess who, <laughs> guess who failed all her finals or at least most of them, right? Even though like, I didn't even party my first quarter. Let me tell you, I didn't even start actually you know, college partying until I want to say my senior year. I kind of did a little bit my junior year, but I just felt too, too guilty. But I will tell you my first quarter, not really, because I was just like, why is it not working out? So then um, to my surprise, I ended up on academic probation and it was the most horrifying experience in my life. I felt like a failure. When I went back home for the holidays, I just kept crying and crying to my family, my sisters, and some people that were in my life at the time. And I just like, I couldn't understand why, even though I understood because it's just like, I knew going in that like, I still had to practice with like my exam stuff, but I didn't think it was that bad where it's just like, I would just, you know? So then, um, when second quarter came, I went ahead and I changed my major, but I did not want to leave the social sciences. I just, again, I just went ahead and changed it. And I remember, I do remember that when I went to my transfer student counselor and she was helping me decide on which majors to switch, I already had in my mind, I wanted to do Spanish, right? And then she had introduced me to global studies. Um, spoiler alert, I did end up graduating with both of them with my senior honors thesis. And 
I liked it. I liked everything, but I was just like, wait, no, let me, let me go ahead and do this major. Just let me give it the try. Even though my GPA was already at a 1.2 starting my winter quarter. And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, are you sure? Like, I can genuinely tell you that counselor, like she wasn't downplaying me. Like she just looked like genuinely concerned where she was like, honey, it, this first quarter was rough. I just want to make sure that you are able to still like succeed and get your degree. Like that's how it was genuinely coming off as like, cause I think I would have really noticed if she was just belittling me, but then I had told her, no, no, I want to give it another try. I know I couldn't do it here, but I think I could do it in this area of study. Cause both of them, both the degrees that got me on academic probation, they were pretty, they were pretty well-respected and impacted majors at Santa Barbara. You know what I'm saying? So then I gave, I gave that other major a go and I, I did the same routine where just study, 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 work. Again, ask anyone that knew me those two, first two quarters. That's all I did. All I did. I just, I would rarely even like, oh my gosh. Yes, it was, it was a mess. So then, um, what's it called? The exams would come. And I kept getting scores like I did my first quarter, and I just didn't understand why. So then finally, the winter quarter ended, right? And I just felt like such a failure because I was like, I couldn't do it. I just... So I went to Spanish and global studies. Like I was excited because I was still able to be at my school. Like I didn't get kicked out or anything. And I, I already like... Like I said, I knew I wanted to do Spanish. I was eager for global studies, but it's just like, you know, it, it hurt, you know, just like coming in and it's just like when you get in as a transfer and you're like one of the first in your family, it's like, it's a big deal. Like, and big deal in the sense where even though our parents won't always vocally, won't always vocally say and express how proud they are, you could just, you could see in their little eyes, you know? And it's just like, but I proceeded and it, you know, it, it was pretty, going pretty good. And like, I started to feel better about myself. I started to feel better about my work ethic. And the thing I loved about my Spanish major is just like, it was so much literature, so much reading, so much writing. And I don't want you to think I was the best Spanish writer. No, that was hard for me too, because I honestly want to tell you all that I strongly consider Spanish as my second language because English was used more in my household just because it's just like my parents based literally based on like the different types of bullying that they got at their young age when me and my sister were kids it's like because of their accents right it's like they knew they're like okay we have to be way better at our English and how can we do that well we'll use it more in the household does that make sense like they would speak Spanish with each other with my aunts and uncles, you know, but with us and stuff, it was just like English, English, English. It was actually my grandpa that I would see every weekend that I would talk to in Spanish. But like, again, it's just, I still consider it my second language, but that's besides the point, mi gente. So as time progressed, I just, I, I didn't think about the bad grades anymore. I just like the overall GPA just wasn't affecting like my confidence as a student anymore because I started to feel like good and stuff. But then um, my second to last quarter when things were just heavier because I had, you know, I was picking up my thesis. Oh my gosh, I was working. I was 
a lot of family stuff was also going back home and things too. And then my sleep, like I started losing a lot of sleep based on a bunch of personal stuff that just kept going on that I know so many of you could relate to as first gen. And I was starting to take my linguistics courses and linguistics, at least for me, was pretty challenging. And it came to the point where in one of my linguistics courses, it was super challenging to the point that on one of my essays, I got like a 42%. And for me, I couldn't believe it because it's just like, I just told you the thing that I love the most about like being in my Spanish major was just like the writing and the research part of it. But it was just so bad where I got that. <laughs> and then that's when all the feelings of like what I experienced my first quarter came back the negative like oh my gosh I'm not good enough da, da, da. but the difference was mi gente that for that linguistics course when I got that 42% on that paper the professor she graded it right away like as soon as I turned it in because I turned it in like hours 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 before the deadline she like it's like she she was kind of waiting for it, you know, because like obviously I, I was in her class and even though I didn't have the strongest Spanish, I would participate in stuff. And I know she noticed my accent and the way, I, you know, so even though she gave me the not a good grade at all, it's like she was prepared to like as soon as I turned it in. She gave me the grade and then I emailed her asking, is there anything I could do to like bring this up, even if it's to a D or anything like that? And we still had the final exam and she responds so quick. And she told me that like she went ahead and graded it right away so she could give me a fair grade for the current work that I turned in then, but that I was still given this amount of days, like I believe she gave me two days, which was really, really generous for me to like go back and really just like grasp the concept of what she wanted, you know, in comparison to the other majors I was doing at the time when, and remember how I said I was going to office hours and stuff, when I would ask for better explanations or clarifications or like, you know, just like literally asking the professors, what can I do so I can better understand this material? Like, I kind of almost felt like I was like begging them, like, help me like figure it out, please. Like when I talked to the other ones, it just, they didn't seem interested to help me. Does that make sense? In comparison to this other professor in a, the major that I was already in and about to graduate with, she like, she gave me the fair grade which for the work that I had turned in at that moment, but still extended extended a helping hand to be like, you got this right now, but I know you can turn it around and fix it, so keep putting in the work. You know what I mean? And I mean, I didn't get an A at the end of that class. I think I actually got like a B minus or a C. I forgot, one of those two. And then after that entire experience, like with those three courses in particular, I realized that the other area, the other majors I was trying to get to was, it almost felt like they were, they were trying to make it feel like it was my fault that I just wasn't getting it. But the thing is academia, since the very, very beginning of time, like higher education, it wasn't made or cultivated for people like us, it had always been predominantly Caucasian, white, etc. And 
with that being said, it's when, when you're first gen and you're navigating something completely new like academia on top of the other, other, other things, right? It's like when you have so much trauma within you, so much in your mind, so many different responsibilities that you have to carry in comparison to other peers that aren't first gen or minority, it's like, how are you expected to fully be able to to do as well as the student next to you that isn't first gen or minority and doesn't have their head and their mind and their concentration filled with generational traumas? You know, because even if you push it aside and just don't think about it and just focus in the school, eventually it like comes back, you know, which is why I remember when I got that 42% on that essay, I just stared at it and I, I, I felt my body just stop moving and I felt everything I had felt my first two quarters when I was trying so hard to be good enough for, you know, these majors that just weren't cultivated or made for individuals that are first-gen like me. Does that make sense? In comparison to when I did the switch to global studies in Spanish, huge, huge switch because, well, first of all, all my professors were from a minority background. Like, I'm not even kidding. They all were. And they would, even though it would be more work on their end as professors and stuff, they would create workloads, right, that like gave students different opportunities to find ways to excel better. For like, for example, if you weren't like the best multiple choice test taker, et cetera, they would make a combination of their exams to be essay portion and multiple choice. And you may have would have had a paper as well as a project and group project and things like that, right? Like they created a diverse amount of opportunities so each student could have a chance to like, let's say they bombed a midterm, but their paper and their group project will help their grade get to a B. In comparison to like the other areas of studies, like nope, um, we're not we're not really going to think of the big picture of all different types of students. We're just going to do what's more convenient for us, like individualistic. I don't know. But again, this is just how I was feeling, you know, and I'm sharing this with you because I just, I want you to know that you can do it. Because if my little derpy self can go from a 1.2 GPA to getting into grad school, because as you all know, I was getting my master's first and then, you know, family stuff happened, but it's okay. We're still, we're still in the higher ed field. <laughs> then I know you, you are able to figure out and find the resilient strength to navigate your story, your higher ed to be where you want to be. And a lot of times it's going to feel like we have to work 10 times more than those around us, but don't let that dim your spark. And I'm not going to lie to you and say that that's not true because it is true, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. And what that genuinely means too is that once you gain your reward, whatever that is for you, 
it's going to feel more satisfying, you know, because it's just like that emotional part of it, as well as just like the physical grind, mental grind you had to put into it too. And with all this being said, another thing I want to share too is that this is why when I finally walked the stage with my 2018 class, I did the Latino, Latinx, Chicanx graduation. I'm, I think a lot of California institutions have that. And I chose to do that graduation because it was bilingual so that my grandparents could understand when things would be translated into Spanish and then, well, you know, English, right? And as we kept walking the stage, all of us, we had our, we, we would have our degrees mentioned out loud alongside with their name. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing. But one thing I'll never forget is that in our entire class for that specific graduation, we had one Latina, Latinx, she walked the stage with a biopsychology degree and a minor, I believe in another STEM area. But when I tell you, even even when the parents, the immigrant parents heard what she graduated with and all of us as a community heard what she graduated with, she got the loudest applause. Because when I tell you, being a first gen in STEM, oh my goodness, like, I'm going to tell you, every major has its difficulties. Every That's not even a question, you know, but to do it in the sciences, that, I really hope that she felt how she felt like the love and the awe that we all gave towards her because it's just like, it's hard. It's hard because being first gen, studying the sciences, it can make you feel like you want to give up because it's like, like I said earlier, sometimes many of us aren't great exam takers and most of our exams in the sciences are multiple choice. And then on top of having all those inner things that may be serving as a distraction to your concentration and could affect how you perform on those exams in comparison to other students that aren't first gender minority that never had to worry about that kind of stuff. So their mind is just like kind of clear to do what they got to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, mi gente? All right, mi gente. So that's was a mouthful of an episode. <laughs> I really, really hope that what was brought up on today's episode, you know, fulfilled or maybe answered something you never even imagined that could be answered, you know? And I really, really want to thank you. I really want to thank you all for staying in community with me here at Cafecito con Estrellita because... Like I said, from season one through three, like, and now continuing on with season four, I feel more confident in my solo episodes. I feel more confident in expressing what I I feel I feel should be spoken or highlighted about. And if you're someone that's experienced or had academic trauma, like, I want you to know you're not alone feel your feelings, talk about it in therapy. And if you can't do therapy right now, because I get it, I, I get it financially, then talk about it with a good friend, a friend that you feel 
has been in the same similar shoes as you because you don't deserve to grow through that alone. And a lot of the times, academic trauma that happens is the reason why so many of our first-gen gente, Latinos, Latina, Latinx, don't continue on with higher ed because it's so dismotivating. It's so discouraging when you're looking up at these these different types of people that are in places you hope to be one day, but maybe they're not as encouraging as you wish they would have been, you know? But that doesn't mean you won't find the professors and mentors who are encouraging for you. It's just sometimes you have to go through the little hard stuff before you can open the door to like the supportive mentors, the supportive professors, the supportive peers that will help light that spark of yours to continue paving the way academically. Just just please don't give up on you. Just just don't like we need you in these spaces. We need your representation. We need you in these careers to then really showcase what our community is all about in the spaces they deserve to be in. You know what I'm saying, mi gente? Now, <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to go ahead and pause right here. Cuídate. Hablamos pronto. Los quiero mucho.